Hello and welcome to Onesies, the podcast of one season wonders and blunders. My name's Andrew. And my name's Emily. And we are talking about the penultimate hour of Automan, episode 12, Death by Design, um, which is possibly a reference to it taking place in and around a fashion studio of sorts. We don't see much of what they make besides skimpy bikinis, but they're apparently a very popular thing. But also, we'll talk about it later, Wally designs the way they're going to catch the guy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what are your three things? My three things are Cockblock, Jack off the handle Curtis, and um, Heel Turn. Is my third one. Okay. I will do... Let's see. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Mad Dog Man. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You took took the good ones. I'm just going (laughs) to say it. I'm just going to say it because yours covers so much. Oh, okay. I will do um, Godfather Guy and... Oh, I'm Dress Dressing. Okay. All right. All right. So we start with Jack on a stakeout, which I was convinced straight away he was going to get kidnapped again. But luckily, he didn't. Um, He and his friend, whose name escapes me now. Nate Hester. Hester. That's right. They've known each other since the Academy. Are staking out following some guy from one building to another. Uh, he's, I think it's the hitman, right? It's the guy who turns out to be the hitman. And Hester goes into the building, follows him up the stairs, but the guy kills somebody, the head of a design company, uh, before Hester can get there. And on the way out, escaping, uh, this hitman hit, uh, hits Hester, who falls down the stairs, a really crummy, uh, stunt, um, and then we cut to Jack and you hear in his radio, Jack, I'm hit. I was like, that was odd because he looked like he fell dead on the stairs. <laughs> How could he vocalize that so clearly? So clearly. And then when Jack gets there, he is, he is gone. He's um, gone. So given that we've seen some sort of changes in the Automan production, um, Wally's new apartment, new shots of the police station, things like that. Um, I, I sort of got it in my head that we were hitting some low budget episodes. So the first thing I noticed was <laughs> it appears this office park, they filmed it at your old storage shed. <laughs> I was like, this looks like Emily's old storage shed where we had to go up those elevators. Yeah. So, yeah. It does look really, really bad. So including the office. So mm-hmm. including this guy's office. So, um, but then we cut to Jack and the captain talking about his dead friend and the captain saying something like, you can't work on this case. And Jack saying, I'm obviously working on this case. And Jack lost his shirt button budget because he's got two buttons unbuttoned on the shirt. I think the whole episode, that's how, you know, he means business because he took his tie off. I mean, he's also going to see some bikini girls. So they want to see the V, uh, the vavoom. But <laughs> we also introduce 
a reporter character. Yes, this this sleazy crime reporter trope walks in. And you know uh, who was the actor in the the Automaniacs episode who you said was in Night Court, the kind of second hand to the sheriff? He was a sleazy crime reporter on Night Court. That's what he played. Okay. Um. Um. So I have Terry I, Kaiser. Yeah. 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 Um. So I have no love for this character. The one on Night Court was at least funny. This one's just creepy and. Ugh. Um. But yeah, who was that guy? I didn't catch his name because I was too busy looking at the babes. Tom Scholes. Oh, God. Please stop. Pop-ups. Um, David Spielberg. Yeah. Who also appeared in such films as Christine. Yeah. he Star Trek The Next Generation. He looked familiar. Days okay. of Our Lives. West Wing. West Wing as Congressman. Uh, Baywatch, yeah. a regular on Baywatch for seven years, as well as a regular on a regular judge on Law and Order. Yeah. Yes. So we'll get back to him at the end. But for some reason, they're introducing a crime reporter who's hanging around the office, which will actually figure into the plot. Yes. Chekhov's. Chekhov's crime reporter here. But um, there's some line, I think the captain makes it about, oh no, yeah, the captain complains the news reporter hates sadistic, incompetent cops. So they hate him because he hates, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know so whose side to be on now. The captain, yes. <laughs> I don't know whose side Throw to be on now. drunk, <laughs> and uh, he's just your biographer. But the crime reporter approaches Roxanne and is creepy with her, trying to get her to talk about Jack, but no. So then we cut to, yes, we do. We cut, this is, here we go. It's my first, my first uh, item. We cut to Wally in the office. Yes. And so he calls Automan up on the A drive. I saw that Automan runs off of a floppy disk, which is interesting. <laughs> and Automan's like, oh, thanks for calling me, Wally. Is this about Jack's friend who was murdered? And I was like, how does Automan know it was Jack's friend? That's true. That might not have been in the computer programming, right? It's weird. <laughs> it's weird that they've got his friend graph. But then Roxanne comes in and Cursor goes to bother Roxanne and she says, get away from me, you 50 watt Romeo, Yeah, which I liked and I thought was going to be a highlight of the episode. And it's good, but it's not the highlight. It is pretty uh, good. It is, it is pretty, pretty good. good. It's I'm, beyond. I'm growing to like Roxanne, which is unfortunate because there's only one episode left. There's only one episode left. And she's, written, until... she's written so poorly. They didn't use her at all, except for these little quips here and there. And as a possible love interest for Wally, I, I'm, I'm really starting to like her. I'm really disappointed that it took this long. Okay, Pin, as like our Lee Pace conversation last episode, try to remind me about my Roxanne in the remake theory. Or okay. my Roxanne in the remake idea. And we'll talk about it later. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so... Roxanne's like, you got to get out of here, Auto Man. Jack's on his way in or something. Well, Auto Man's like, I'm going to stay and help. So he gets on his FBI agent outfit. And then when Jack comes in, Auto Man's putting on his jacket. Yeah. 
And I'm like, so does Jack think he and Wally were fucking? Like, I don't why, know. Why else is Wado Man visibly getting dressed? I don't know. All I know is that <laughs> there is a gray suit party going on in this scene where they're all wearing various shades of gray suits. And it made me a little bit happy because I thought that they all looked really good in their gray suits, except for the chest, the Jack chest. I can't. The old man, like hairless. I can't. Um, and then the fashion lady comes in wearing a wearing a gray suit, too. But yeah, so so they come in. They have a conversation about the case. I, I don't exactly know why Jack came in because they're looking for clues. There's a receipt. Right, to find this LeBlanc character who they know is the guy who, they suspect is the guy who killed him, but we know that it is the guy. And there's a no-name bar receipt with an optical scanning code on it. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. Sounds like Doctor Who. Sounds like Doctor Who. Fake science. I'll take it. So then we cut to, this episode doesn't have the most confusing crime. But it goes. It takes. It kills a lot of time. Yeah. To to get through what ends up being the actual crime part of it, we cut to uh, Godfather actor. Why did I take this? Oh, because I was looking up David Spielberg. We cut to Godfather actor Michael V. Gazzo as a mob boss. He played Frankie Pentangeli in Godfather One and Two. He plays. An Italian-coded man named Ambrose in this. But we don't get his name during that scene. Because also in that scene, he's meeting the main villain of the episode, Simon Rafferty, played by Lance Legault, who I think looks like Robert England. But he's not actually the hitman. No. But Godfather guy's yelling at him like he's the hitman. So we're actually going to get this scene twice. We're going to get him getting yelled at about the hit, and then we're going to get him yelling at the hitman about the hit. So we've got two layers here. But this is where we establish that the mob wants its way into this fashion business, and bad guy Simon Rafferty says they will they will do it. Yeah. So then we cut to, was this the girls in bikinis having a pillow fight? Set to girls just want to have fun. And they are not having a pillow fight, but they are in a small one of those small inflatable pools, I think. And they're splashing each other and as ladies do. I was waiting for the director of the photo shoot, i.e., the fashion lady whose name escapes me. It doesn't matter because she's terrible. To be like, okay, now, now kiss. Now just tickle each other a little bit. I was waiting for it to turn pornographic. Honestly. It was so weird and gross but we established that this fashion company is women's fashion but it's like sports fashion so sure. it's all, it's all sports i.e swimsuits um is and this when jack comes in and he's yeah. like look at her yeah he's like jack up? comes in and a beautiful bikini lady walks past him and i think i wrote a note what did i wrote bikini ladies focus jack i wrote <laughs> he actually gets distracted it's pretty funny like he walks in you know robert yeah. curtis or whatever his name is is doing his thing and then all of a sudden he's like wait what yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's robert lansing and he's like oh wait i'm acting what what Oh. <laughs> Gotta unbutton another shirt. Another <laughs> hey, ladies! Ugh. It was really funny. 
because he so does good. he he literally gets distracted and then he kind of like shakes himself <laughs> out of it it was really funny <laughs> so um yeah he's going to interview the partner the surviving partner so the guy who gets killed at the beginning is some old white dude like 60s yeah his partner is like some 27 year old lady who apparently does all the work yeah yeah she's running the photo shoot she you see her later designing somewhere. Yeah. you i mean she's doing it all i don't know she I mean, talks about how the guy was her great friend and partner and everything but you're just like how did they meet this yeah. is it's either weird or touching like one or there's no in between <laughs> yeah uh, some highlights of this scene are Jack identifying himself as an L.A. municipal police officer. Which is weird. Which is, the LAPD was like, no, Auto Man, don't say it, Auto Man. We haven't, we haven't stopped getting calls about how this is a true story. <laughs> uh, so here we find out that the they were having money problems a few years ago. The partner borrowed mob money. They paid it back with interest. But then the mob wants a seat on the board, basically. Yeah. And so Jack offers her police protection. She turns it down, to which my note is, don't be turning down the police protection on Auto Man. We've done this before. Yeah. To which she says, I've, I grew up in the garment business. I'm never going to let these guys push me around. Yeah. Her so, grand her grandfather yeah, had been killed by a right. mobster for the same and for a similar circumstance. Yeah. He made grandpa made my dad promise not yeah. to sell out to the mob. On his I deathbed. To, yeah. yeah, on his deathbed after he got shot by a mobster or whatever. I, yeah. So then um this is where we then get the scene of not Robert England berating the hitman for killing the cop. The uh, hitman is played by Luke Askew. Great name. Great name. Not a great actor. Not great a great name. actor. I sort of pictured this guy as having a mustache. He didn't. But like in other things, though. He oh, was in gotcha. Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. He, he was in quite Easy a bit. Rider. He was yeah. in a lot of stuff. Okay. So um, there's more bickering about this. Um, talking about Ambrose, the mobster then we introduce another guy who's i don't even remember if he gets a name but he's the guy the, he's the guy they're gonna install at the company right and he keeps coming back to and he just looks like at this in this scene he just kind of looks like a general thug like mm-hmm. like it's, go get the check boy you know like yeah sorry it's completely unclear it's weird it's very weird um but yeah he's supposed to, he's going to be the guy who gets installed and the first time I watched it, I didn't even think it was the same guy because they didn't look the same. They didn't act the same. Again, I thought he was a thought. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's irrelevant almost. Okay. So now we are going to get to the scene that you texted me about. <laughs> what? You the ew, 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 ew. Is that so, the one? <laughs> so. Before the ew, ew, ew. We Before cut, the ew, ew. We cut to um, Wally's apartment. And Auto Man is engrossed in a movie. Oh my god! I knew exactly where it was going as soon as it started, and it was the worst thing they could have given Chuck Wagner to do. It is so stupid and so tropey. It is. He has become obsessed with the Nasty Eddie franchise, which is not 
a British or Australian softcore porn comedy series <laughs> from the 70s, though there are four examples from each country that has a similar title. It is a dirty, hairy knockoff. Uh, can Inc- I tell you that the porn thing made me laugh because I texted my husband and I was like, oh, Auto Man's watching some movie that's a dirty, hairy knockoff. It's Naughty Eddie or something. And so Naughty Eddie, in my mind, is a, definitely a porn parody of uh, Dirty Harry. So, yeah. So Auto Man's engrossed in the Nasty Eddie movie and it's they're doing a go ahead and make my day number but not too close. Somebody's doing a Clint Eastwood impression, but they oh. never go too close. They never say the words Clint Eastwood because they were like, Clint Eastwood is going to fucking sue us. And they don't say, go ahead, make my day, but they no. do have, oh God, never mind. They have we'll talk about that something. later. Yes. Oh. But then we cut to the living room. Wally and Roxanne on the couch talking about how She's grown so fond of Wally. Yeah, but not fond enough that you want our friendship to be ruined by romance, right, Roxanne? Well, actually, as a matter of fact, maybe our friendship is in the way of the romance. Uh... And what is playing in the background? I don't even know. Human Nature by Mr. Michael Jackson, which is one of the five songs that I feel bad that I'm like. That you like? Yeah. I I, I do. I really like that song. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, Wally, getting laid to human nature, 1984, like a a stud. Oh, and there's actually a kissing scene. They they start, they start, they get, they get some, some lip locking. Um, And I did, I did have to like, I felt like a child. Like I did go ew, 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 like out loud. I've only ever done, had that type of reaction to a number of things. And usually it's to like pain, (laughs) but I was actually revolted. (laughs) Who do you think Lucille Ball was on the set going, make it look like you like kissing him. She was the intimacy coordinator and (laughs) she actually wanted uh, Heather McNair to fuck him on camera. (laughs) <laughs> all my friends tell me Wally, my desi jr's not getting laid on this show why not oh god um anyway it's really it, it is kind of sweet once you can get over the fact that wally's a weenie and i do have a soft spot for weenies but not that soft of a spot <laughs> roxanne can do so much better uh, that's okay that's okay what heights she's fallen from since she got you know, gooey-eyed over Chuck Wagner in the first episode. So then Cursor interrupts them. Uh-huh. And she makes a comment about Cursor being the chaperone, which I thought was funny. Yes, I thought that was funny, too. But then Auto Man comes in to talk to them about this nasty Eddie movie he's just seen. And so Roxanne's like, okay, Auto Man, you can assimilate facts because you're a walking computer hologram machine. He's like, yes, I am. And then she's like, well, why can't you take a hint? And Auto Man does a full, like, bringing his finger up to his face going, hmm, why can't I take a hint? That was funny, too. Uh, Very, in like a sitcom way. Like, If this had been the second episode of the series. Yeah. And then we had, this is where we established things and built from here. Because... 
I don't know how much we're going to talk about it, but Chuck, poor Chuck Wagner has gone from being impressive in this show to quite bad. Like this episode, like, bam. I think it started last episode. Really? I I didn't. I I thought it started before. I think there was another episode. It's when they make him too juvenile. Yeah. It's just like he can't do it. Yeah. Because, you know, Chuck Wagner, in addition to being a slab of man meat, also has a very, like, classic, like, you can see Chuck Wagner doing, oh, God, I'm sure Chuck Wagner wanted to do Hamlet while he was. He has, he has done Shakespeare. While he was dancing at the Chippendales, his dream was to do Hamlet. Oh. Um, he uh, he has done Shakespeare, yes. So, I mean, and, like, he, and he's a lounge singer. He's, like, the official follow-up to Bob Goulet, if that is any sense of, like, he just did a Bob Goulet, like, memorial show on a cruise ship in the last few years yeah that so I that's how classy I, know is. What, I think we've got uh, all right everybody we're starting a patreon and the goal is emily on the cruise <laughs> with Chuck. emily's never okay. going on a cruise all right it's gross cruises are gross so then we cut to what was this about oh oh so so that goes that's my first cock block um, yes, that is scene. the first. That's cock the first block, cock block um, from from Auto Man, which I think is 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 funny. And and yeah, he does play it kind of kind of juvenile, like he doesn't know what's going on after having made out with half a dozen women. Now, um, he doesn't understand what's happening uh, that he walks in on when they're licking each other's throats. Um, but that'll come back too. There's another cock block scene in this. There is. Um... But then we have an update on the case. Oh, yeah. Oh, but why was Auto Man just sitting around watching movies? If he wanted Auto Man to go away, couldn't he, like, hit a button and have turn the computer off and have Auto Man get sucked back into the computer? If he was about to, if he was, if Roxanne was DTF and he's like, just a second, beep, <laughs> shut off the computer, Auto Man goes away. Okay, update on the case. <laughs> the other thing is, we're never going to come back to Roxanne being DTF. Mm-mm. Not not coming back this episode. Sorry, Wally. That's not how Wally's love life works. Like once every seven months, Roxanne's like finally feeling bad enough about herself that she's like, "Fuck Desi Arnaz Jr. Let's just get it over with." Jack is way too old for me. Continuing. So yeah. So now we get the update on the case. And Kelly, the computer, is going to call Auto Man at Wally's and give him some information about this receipt still. And Auto Man says they're going to swoop in, swoop down like the angel of death. Yeah. Because it's now decent people versus the criminal element. So basically, Auto Man has watched the nasty Eddie franchise and become a fascist authoritarian yes um completely missing out on the sort of mm, nuance might be more too much of an exaggeration yeah (laughs) but there it's an oversimplification yes it's an oversimplification of of dirty harry and of dirty harry especially of this era dirty harry because i don't think sudden impact I guess would have come out in 83. So maybe that would have been the closest, but anyway, so 
the fucking computer calls him and makes a noise and he talks to the computer and it's stupid. And I'm like, that's the problem with Automan is they never improved anything. Like they improved no. some of the characters. Jack and Roxanne got better, but they gave up on the captain because he was too much like clearly Jared yeah. S. O'Loughlin was not willing to sober up enough for more scenes. And like they never got better with the cases. They never did better stuff with the tech. Just weird shit. Okay. This almost was one of my top three. They're going to go to this fancy restaurant to catch the bad guy. The fancy restaurant is called the Peacock's Lair, subtitle Restaurant on the Mezzanine. I'm like, and this was one of those other things that I was like, are are they really on a budget? Because they're like filming underground. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, were they like, the airport was like, we've got this new parking structure and you can put a sign up for a day like yeah i don't know it looked really bad yeah um and and the bad guys there does he steal the old lady's car i think he steals the old lady's car at first i thought he was the old lady's husband yeah and then it was still unclear it's also like it's kind of unclear who they're tracking because like why are they chasing this hitman still because we've already met the two big bad guys yeah. aren't they important well, yes, but no. Yeah. One of them gets a car chase, but not Frankie Pentangeli from The Godfather. He never comes back. So they have a long car chase. Recycled, Do, right? It is recycled. Thank you. Thank you. It's recycled from the second or third episode where we yeah. were like, this is a terrible car chase. And it's like the exact thing. Yes. They, yes. Cr- they oh, he'll never make that turn. Nope, he'll he never make that turn, turn and he slams into a building. It's the exact Cut same to thing. new footage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is where Auto Man comes out and says, do the world a favor. Yeah. Uh, resist arrest so I can beat you up. Oh, God. Okay. So, <laughs> then we cut to Jack getting yelled at by the DA. Mm-hmm. So they so they've arrested in in the interim. He gets into a car crash. They arrest him. They put him in jail. They release him because they don't have enough evidence to prosecute. So Jack is in captain's captain, office. Captain's office with the DA. Poor guy getting yelled at by Jack. Like I just told this man's widow that I was going to get justice. Blah blah. How are we going to do that if we set him free? And the DA's like, dude, if we don't have evidence to convict him, he's going to go free anyway. We And then we won't be able to prosecute him again. So we need to collect more evidence. We need to nail this fucker. Stop being an asshole about it. And just fucking move on. Um, and, you know, find the evidence and da 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 da. Except he gets taken off the case. Jack gets taken off the case. Yes. And he gets really mad and storms out of the room. Anything about the in-office scene? He punches out the bad guy. They pull him off. The reporter sees everything. And it was great. I loved Jack in his tough guy mode. Yeah, I loved it. Getting getting nasty like Nasty Eddie. But not really. No. Not like they they do have an analog here. Yeah. But they don't have an analog here. It's very. That's my. They would have had to need to have seen Dirty Harry move. That's my Jack off the handle Curtis, uh, which I loved. I loved it. He lost his mind. And instead of punching the DA, thank goodness, he punched out the bad guy. So he can he can hone his anger into the right thing and Mm -hmm. and, uh, take it out on the right person. That's good. Um, Man, I loved that. Again, his shirt's unbuttoned. 
and he makes the guy bleed a little bit, which was great. Uh, the guy threatens to sue him. And then the next morning, it's in the headlines that Captain Jack is out for blood. And, but Wally's got an idea. Wally's got an idea. Here's Wally's idea. Wally's going to use the computer to create a series of police blotter reports about vigilante murders of released criminal, uh, accused criminal, accused murderers, to make it look like there is a vigilante out there killing people who get away with murder. The reason this is going to work to catch the bad guy, whose name we haven't mentioned, but is LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Is because the crime reporter is going to write about the while he's in the snooping around the police station. And then their bad guy's going to see it in the paper and get scared. The captain looks at Jack like, is this going to work? And then for a second, I felt like Robert Lansing about to be like, no, this is a real fucking stupid idea. Yeah. But then he's like, sure. Yeah, it's worth a try. Then we cut to Wally writing these things. Just like DTF Roxanne never comes back. We also never get to see Wally's imagination change. So, oh, Colonel Mustard in the observatory with the candlestick. Oh, wait, but what if it was the revolver? Then we see the candlestick turn into the revolver. Like, it's so silly in a way that they could have leaned into more. Yeah. Like, I feel like if Auto Man had come in 1986 or 1987... There might have been more like 80s TV in existence for them to learn from. Yeah. But like, if this were charming, it it conceivably could be charming with the right cast and the right handle. Not with Desi Arnaz Jr. Not with the way they do it. One other thing I liked was one of the murderers is from Medford, Oregon. Yeah. Which is near where I went to college. Oh. But... Also amusing will later be that, okay, we'll, we'll talk, don't, we got to talk about the Portland angle that makes no sense. Yes. So then the reporter interviews the captain and the captain says something about coming in or like, where's Lieutenant Jack or something? And he's out, you know, he's not the vigilante, but you know, I come into this powder keg of anarchy and violence every day. Oh, that's the the um the uh reporter comes in and is like, Do you have any comment about yeah. this story? And that's when he goes on this weird, like I mean, he seems to only have like really earnest, angry speeches about being a cop and how hard it is and blah blah blah. And it's like, ugh, gross. It'd be so much easier if we could just put everybody we don't like in a camp and tattoo a number on their wait, what? What did I say? I can't say that in 1983. Let me wait. Let me wait 30 years and then, <laughs> then I'm going to be president. Okay. Ugh. So then we cut to a fashion show for swimsuits. Where we see more bikini ladies. More bikini ladies and Karma Chameleon cover playing Ugh. in the background. What a travesty. What a great song. And Poorly now... Covered. Otto, Otto is undercover as Agent 
Otto, O-T-T-O, man, M-A-N-N. And he looks very conspicuous standing in the back with a suit on and his sunglasses in a dark room. Way to go. <laughs> so he's going to um, come to the rescue when the bad guys again confront the surviving fashion company owner lady. Yeah. And he punches them out, throwing them against the walls and things like that. And they shoot at him, but bullets have no effect. That was and cool. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, we've seen it before, but it was so close, close yeah. range. Um, so my two notes were went from auto fascist to horny ladies. Oh, yeah. Because they are in thrall. Hey, who um, be? and so they walk out and the bikini models like hanging on him and oh auto man i bet there's nothing you're afraid of and he's like there's only one thing i'm afraid of a power failure and she's like you'll never be afraid of the dark with me auto man and they get to kissing but then comes in Another cock block. Wally. And Wally is notorious through this for being a cock block. So I'm glad that Ottoman got his comeuppance or, or got to, not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm glad Wally got his comeuppance by uh, getting cock blocked by um, Otto. But this was just an unnecessary smoochy, smoochy situation. And it was like, get the fuck over here. We need, to, we need to get to work. You know, we need to do some fucking work. And why did... I've seen Dirty Harry, the first movie. Uh, I don't remember there being a lot of smooching. Was there a lot of smooching in that? Not in the first one, in because he's a widow. Okay. He's a sad widow. In the second one, there's a great scene okay. where he's, because in the 70s, Clint Eastwood fathered five kids, he admits, and probably another 32 that he doesn't. <laughs> and there's just this scene where he gets home, Dirty Harry gets home from work or something, and his neighbor's like, his hippie, little hippie sexy neighbor girls like and she's like really short too because Clint Eastwood's you know six three or whatever and she's like gotta be like four nine. She's like, hey officer man, if some lady wanted to meet you some night, how would she go about doing that? And he's like, you could try knocking on my door. That's not Mitchell, Dirty, but Dirty Harry's got like there and then in the is it the second one or maybe the third one? There's like a shockingly like not bad like not gay joke exactly but like they're like hey dirty harry are you gay and he's like i don't know i'd be doing well if i was or something like that like they just it's just it's clint eastwood's such a fucking disappointment but yeah. whatever yeah uh, white men are disappointments at one time or but, another, but but it's, it seemed very out of character like he goes from being this real tough guy blah, no, blah, it, blah, blah, to then like it, having this lady I don't even know. I mean, maybe in some of the like really low budgety things you'd have that. But like Chuck Norris is a born again Christian. Ladies weren't like smooching on him. And he was the biggest sort of fascist action star. Like Stallone. Mm, Charles, I don't know. Charles Bronson. Bronson didn't do it. So it's just like, yeah, it's just this weird, not actual. It, it's like he's pro- trying to pull a 007 again it's like he's mixing the two up but only like it's like i'm gonna be a bad cop and then i'm gonna have babes all over me like it's right 
And but even 007, rarely is it just like flat up just a bikini models. Like, let's go in back right now, Auto Man. Yeah, my boss wants to come watch. Like, <laughs> I was actually hoping for there to be like a delay when they came back out and they were like, Well, thanks, Auto Agent Man, for that hot coffee or something. Yeah. Just like, but anyway, so now Wally's like, Uh oh. We've got to do the, the reporter thinks Jack is the vigilante. Yeah. Who could have thought that might happen after he watched him punch out this guy? And then we planted these news stories. And then they're like, let's change it over to make Auto Man the suspect. Yeah. And we're going to introduce a backstory for him where his name is Mad Dog. So my notes for that are. Mad Dog Otto, O-T-T-O. But then I was like, no, because his name's Agent Otto Man. So it'd be Mad Dog Man. Mad Dog his, Man, yeah. Is his dirty, hairy name. And this is where he talks about seeing all five Nasty Eddie pictures, even though at this point there had only been four Dirty Harry movies. And then he makes himself a forty-four Magnum with a reflective strip on top that occasionally catches the light so it looks like an auto gun. Mm-hmm. There are no... Um, there are sadly no compensation jokes about the gun, um, which would have been which would have been fun. Um, but then let's see, is this the two? Yes, okay. <laughs> we cut back over to not Robert England and his lackeys, and they're talking about how they've got to get this fucking deal thing because otherwise Ambrose, who never comes back either, is gonna kill him. Yeah, and he's like, well. What about this vigilante boss? And he's like, well, who gives a shit if LeBlanc gets killed? And they're like, well, what if he what if he sings? And he's like, yeah, who gives a shit? Well, we need to take care of this lady, though. There's only yeah. one man I could trust. LeBlanc. LeBlanc, yeah. I thought that was like, weird, too. What the fuck? Yeah, all, very, very poorly written. So uh, Auto Man's one of those shows where you realize that actors might have memorization skills, but not critical thinking ones. Because otherwise, <laughs> they'd just be like, "What the fuck did I just say?" Yeah. Um. So then the lady boss comes home and, with a ride home from the cops. Mm-hmm. It's like, "I'll be fine from here. Go away, officer." She starts walking up to her house, and there's a cat in trouble. There's a yowl in the background, which I thought was was bad and i don't remember if we see her get grabbed but we know something bad's coming yeah to which we then cut to auto man zooming around town and i was like is he on his way to save her how do they know no it's just they're just zooming around and auto man has become the nasty the five nasty eddie movies have turned auto man into everybody's racist uncle on Thanksgiving, which is weird because at some point you're that racist uncle is also somebody's father. I'll just point that out. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that nobody ever talks about it being the father or the brother. It's always the uncle who you seemingly don't have to do. Everybody about. wants to like separate themselves as much as mm-hmm. they can from it. So. And never deal with it. And never cool. have to deal with it. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So, so, Auto Man has kind of taken on this persona of Nasty Eddie and they're having a conversation in the car and he says something real, real wild. And, and Wally's like, you can, you can cut out the shtick. It's just you and me now. We don't have to do this anymore. To which I say, next episode's the last episode. I'm hoping and I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm okay because 
Auto Man has disappointed me multiple times. I'm hoping for a heel turn and Auto Man becomes some rogue, nasty Eddie, dirty Harry knockoff. And Roxanne has to decommission him and win the love of Wally by doing so. That's I'm what down. I'm that's what I'm hoping I'm for. But it has to be Roxanne who does it for love. Maybe he takes maybe he takes Wally hostage. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping okay. for. A okay. heel turn. Heel turn. Heel turn. Heel turn. Heel turn. Okay. So then where do they go? Do they go to Rafferty's? Yes. They go to Rafferty's to threaten him, basically. And um, Auto Man, yeah, this is basically it, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have any more notes. I can barely remember what happened. They're in a big house. Pulls out his gun and is like, you're going to fucking confess. Oh, right. They grab the other guy. That's right. They grab the guy they were going to install at. Okay. We got ahead of ourselves with this really good sequence here. Okay. So they don't actually know about Raff. They don't have at Rafferty's address yet. I think they have his name, but they can't find his address because auto man made a racist joke to one of the other computers now because he's a fucking fascist and the other computers didn't help him. So they couldn't do a simple phone lookup instead they discovered where the bad guy who was going to take over the fashion company lays his bets, which bookie in a newsstand he lays his bets with. Right. That's right. So they roll up on this dude. They get out. Auto man's got his gun out and he's like, come with me. The guy's like, no. And so he shoots the bookie guy uh, in the tummy guy falls down and they're like, you better take us to Rafferty and start driving away. And then we see Cursor come out of the guy's tummy and all the blood go away. And the guy recovers consciousness, which means Cursor cannot just create holographic representations that can interact, like that are touch solid. He can also do them with enough force as to knock someone down and out. Yeah. Which would be a good power to have starting in episode three. Mm-hmm. And this show would have made more sense as episode two. Yeah. Even with Auto Man's, like, with Auto Man's character arc in particular. So then there's a, there's a lot of time killer in this because then they have to argue with the bad guy about taking him to Rafferty's. Mm-hmm. And so Chuck Wagner's like, we're, we're doing this by my rules. And so this is when they go to yeah. fake Robert England's. This is where the hitman shows up with the kidnapped business owner. And then there's like somebody pulls a gun and Wally punches somebody out, but he doesn't do Kung Fu because we've lost Kung Fu Wally. It's one of the other things we've automats taken from us. Um but basically, fake Robert England grabs the business owner as a hostage and they zoom away. Mm-hmm. Once again, instead of Auto Man phasing in and out of existence, which he can do, and getting ahead of the guy, they have to run outside and make the auto car. They zoom after him. They lose sight of him. And Auto Man's like, shit, we've lost sight of him. What can we do? Well, maybe we need a bird's eye view, Auto Man. So up, up, and away, it's Auto Chopper. Yes. 
I liked that transition. I mean, it was just dark enough that they clearly were right. Whatever, but it was it was kind of fun. We've seen it before, but I still like it. What can a hologram do to stop the car? Put a fucking Gatling gun on the car or on the <laughs> on the helicopter actually, and shoot at the car as it drives. So they just shoot at the car for three minutes until it finally crashes, and then they save the girl who embraces Wally a little, little, little much more than Roxanne might like. Um, and Auto Man, and they arrest the bad guy, and so then. At the police station afterwards, a couple things here. Everybody's now afraid of Auto Man, mm-hmm. as in FBI agent Auto Man. The reporter decides there's something up with this dude, and he's going to figure it out. There's something more to you than meets the eye, which is very much like Incredible Hulk, the investigative oh, reporter yeah. who's yeah. trying to find the... And that's like, I think, uh, technically you know, a riff on The Fugitive, which had the same guy chasing mm-hmm. him throughout the thing. And I was like, are they introducing a recurring character in the second to last episode? <laughs> then Lieutenant Jack is going to take Wally to buy a beer. though. Yeah. And they're like, you want to come with us, Auto Man? And I was like, that's cool. That'd be a cool thing if they went, if Auto Man went to buy the beer. And he said, no. Mm-hmm. Auto Man can't stop until the streets are safe. Well, this is where I know. He'll turn. He'll turn, baby. Next episode's all about a killer auto man out on the streets and Wally needs to shut him down. I'm so excited. I can't Mm -hmm. wait. What is the next episode about? I can't (sighs) even be bothered because it's not going to be that. It's called The 32-Year-Old Virgin. It's about (laughs) Wally losing his virginity. No, it's called Club 10. Walter, Automan, and Roxanne travel to an exclusive Caribbean resort. Roxanne gets a panic message from her missing writer friend, and they find they're all caught up in a diamond smuggling racket. So I fear that they had this whole thing written out. There's no, um, in the show, there's no, like, uh, there's, it's not going to be wrapped up. The story's not going to be like, oh, and Automan is now decommissioned. I doubt. I mean, maybe doesn't seem to be aware that it's canceled, right? They're just going to end it. I think it does not seem like they didn't realize they were getting the back nine. Yeah. So interestingly enough, this is basically the end of Desi Arnaz Jr.'s acting career. Um, He stopped after this, save a cameo in Matlock and then playing his dad and something. mm. And then doing a, looks like a favor for a friend in a kid's movie. So, my thought for the remake, tell me if this is too much, because you can have your Lee Pace. Yes. Okay. Wally. I think we need to get a little meta with new Wally. Okay. His mom is the computer genius who's done the hologram, but she lets Wally think it's him. There's a Roxanne, but she is a hologram. The Bob is programmed to pretend to be interested in him romantically. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's it's like a little bit weird science but the mom it's is a little involved. little bit yeah. weird science but okay. the mom's helen mirren can be in it or somebody i don't know <laughs> somebody like that you know maybe anne Hache. oh 
Wow. 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 Two hours and we've already got the dead end haste jokes. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's not funny. What a terrible thing. What a terrible thing. But still, you could cut this up. But getting coked up and driving through a house and died is still better than being Ellen DeGeneres. So, you know. I'll keep that in. There you go. There you go. I'll keep that in. All right. So, um, yeah, next time, wrapping up Auto Man and, of course, an announcement of uh, next season of onesies topic yeah i'm excited and, uh, to find out what it is i am too <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you for listening uh, bye drive safe everyone and if you're gonna do cocaine stay home pretty solid advice i can't figure out how to stop recording there i can <laughs> <laughs>